Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Oceana Gold 2021 First Quarter Results webcast and conference call. At this time, note that all lines are in a listen-only mode. If following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. And if at any time during this call you do require immediate assistance, please press star zero for an operator. Note that this call is being recorded on Thursday, April 29th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And I would like to turn the conference over to Alyssa Howell. Please go ahead. Good evening and good morning. Welcome to Oceana Gold's first quarter 2021 results webcast and conference call. I am Alyssa Howell, Investor Relations Manager for Oceana Gold. I am joined today by Michael Holmes, President and Chief Executive Officer of Oceana Gold, along with Scott McQueen, Chief Financial Officer, and other members of the executive team including but not limited to Jim Whitaker, Executive GM of Hale, David Way, Executive GM of Asia Pacific Region, Craig Febri, our EVP of Exploration and Development, Sharon Flynn, EVP Sustainability, and Sam Pazuki, Senior Vice President of Corporate Development and Investor Relations. Before we proceed, note that references in this presentation adhere to international financial reporting standards and all financial figures are denominated in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. Also, note that the presentation contains forward-looking statements, which, by their very nature, are subject to some degree of uncertainty. There can be no assurances that our forward-looking statements will prove to be accurate, as future results and events could differ materially. I refer you to the disclaimers on forward-looking statements in our presentation. Michael, over to you. Thank you, Alyssa, and good evening and good morning to all. I hope you're all safe and healthy. It's a pleasure to be here with you today to provide an overview of our first quarter results and share the many exciting growth opportunities we have underway. Delivering on our commitments is a core value at Oceana Gold, and our quarter one results demonstrate that we're on the right path to deliver operationally as well as advance our organic growth. Profitability improved quarter on quarter on the back of higher average realised gold prices and improved margins, despite mill challenges and lower gold ounces sold. I'm particularly proud of our operational teams who adapted and overcame normal course of business disruptions that had affected mill throughputs during the quarter. The teams quickly evaluated the challenges and then executed to find solutions. As such, we're on track to achieve the consolidated 2021 guidance. We're also on track and on budget as we advance our own organic growth projects. Total capital investment during the quarter of approximately $70 million were focused on and included Martha Underground Development and Hale Pag Waste Stories and TSF Expansion. We ended the first quarter with $196 million in immediate available liquidity and have structured our balance sheet to ensure our projects progress on optimal timelines, irrespective of the DPO status. 
Our ability to deliver long-term value to, for shareholders is predicated on the prudent capital allocation and the path is very clear to my team. We are focused on delivering on our commitments and we are excited about our future that will deliver long-term value for shareholders. While many of our peers are seeking growth through M&A, we are growing significantly through prudent investments in our assets, leveraging existing infrastructure, personnel, and our track record as a responsible mining company. We expect to bring online three new underground mines and expand our existing open pit operations, all in geopolitically stable jurisdictions. With our fourth quarter results and investor day, we announced our inaugural five-year outlook, which you can see here, forecasting 75% higher production at 25% lower oil and sustaining costs. We are delivering margin growth, which for shareholders translates to real value over the long term through the development of our high quality assets. What's also very exciting about this chart is that we have significant upside potential the outlook does not include the DPO, and restarting the DPO is a key catalyst and priority for us. We expect that once the FTAA renewal is finalised, the operation can contribute up to 120,000 ounces of gold and approximately 12,000 tonnes of copper annually. At first quartile all in sustaining costs, the DPO will be a significant source of free cash flow moving forward. Moving on to slide five. Responsible mining is fundamental to the way we do business, and part of responsible mining means prioritising the health and safety of our workforce. The COVID-19 global pandemic continues to impact many of us in our daily lives, and it is a reality that we are addressing at each of our operations. As at the end of Q1, approximately 121 positive cases have been recorded amongst our workforce since the start of the pandemic, including 11 at Hale and 9 at the DPO in the first quarter of this year. The Philippines and the DPO host and adjacent communities are still being impacted by COVID-19. And as such, in the spirit of Bay and Ehan or Unity, we're doing everything we can to assist locally by providing medical supplies, COVID-19 test kits and household care packages, including sanitizers, protective face masks, and rice. At the site, we continue to enforce strict health and safety protocols, including mandatory and precautionary quarantines, in an effort to reduce the transmission of the virus. Our health and safety record is one of the best in the industries, but we strive to do better. We saw an uptick, uptick in the total number of recordable injuries in the first quarter. In response, each operation is reviewing the injuries in detail to prevent reoccurrence. Across our business, we're focused on key programs that have delivered a sustainable reduction in TRIFA over the last eight years. And these include the management of principal hazards, fostering a culture that supports safe work practices, and increased focus on occupational exposure in our work environments. We also continue to progress key initiatives this year in ESG including the development of our 2020 emissions reduction targets, alignment with the global tailing standards, and delivery of our first modern slavery statement, reporting on future improvements in our supply chain processes. 
I will now turn it over to Scott McQueen, our Chief Financial Officer, who will review our first quarter financial results. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Michael, and hello, everyone. The next few slides summarise the key highlights of our first quarter financial results. As illustrated on the summary table, the first quarter results reflect improved quarter-on-quarter -quarter profitability. This was despite lower goals and some milling throughput constraints at both days and hail. As will be discussed later, our operational teams rose to those challenges throughput constraints that impacted the first quarter have now been resolved. First quarter revenue came in at 149 million. The quarter-on-quarter -quarter reduction may reflect lower gold production and sales. This was partially offset by higher realised gold prices, with all of our New Zealand dollar gold hedges closed out at the end of 2020. EBITDA benefited from GNA with 50% reduction in costs to Dipio, which totaled 4.5 million in the quarter. While still negatively impacted by realised non-cash currency translation losses, the impact this quarter was reduced to the prior quarter. Accordingly, the stronger realised gold price and improved margins, plus lower depreciation and amortisation expense, resulted in an adjusted net earnings of $21.8 million, or $0.03 cents per share fully diluted. Concurrently, operating cash flow increased to $47.6 million, and excluding network working capital changes equated to $0.09 cents per share. As expected, investing cash flow increased to $71.9 million in the first quarter, reflecting hail waste storage capacity expansion, increased McRae's pre-stripping and a continued underground development of Martha. Financing cash flows for the quarter consisted primarily of finance leases with no drawdowns on the debt facility made during the quarter. Turning to slide seven and some information on our capital allocation strategy. As at March 31, our cash balance was approximately 146 million. And our net debt stood at 163 million. This cash balance represents the planned investments in organic growth projects as we progress the development of three new underground mines to production over the next two years. We continue to actively monitor and manage liquidity as we move through the peak growth investment period in 2021. For the new year, we continue to prioritise the reinvestment of cash flow into our high margin organic growth projects, which we believe represent top tier investment returns that will deliver long term value to shareholders. As we move beyond this peak investment period, we expect to deliver that inherent value as well as return free cash flow to shareholders. Moving on to slide which includes some additional detail on our investments during the quarter. As already noted, our 2021 capital investment program is focused on the advancement of our organic growth projects. For the quarter, capital investments were just under 7 which was largely flat quarter on quarter. Over half of that total was allocated to growth investments, including 15 million lifts and power construction at Hale, 17 million for the continued development of the Martha Underground, which totaled just over 2,300 metres during the quarter. At McRae's, approximately 4 million related to the development of the Golden Point Underground, which is on track as planned. Sustaining capital expenditure was just over 24 million for the quarter, 
and included 16 million in pre-stripping. Approximately 11 million of this related to activities at Deepdale North open pit at McLean, with the balance primarily hail. Exploration spend totaled 5.8 million, with the majority related to projects and targets at Waihee. However, it did also include some resource conversion drilling at Golden Point Underground, intentional drilling the Horseshoe Underground at Hale. As mentioned, we are building three new underground mines, two of which will be online, Martha, Martha Underground and Golden Point Underground. Our organic growth projects are progressing consistent with our guidance issued earlier and remain on track to be delivered as planned. I'll now turn over to Mike, Michael, who will provide more details on the operations during the quarter. Thanks, Scott. And on to slide nine, where we'll discuss the improvements we've seen at Hale this quarter, and particularly year on year. At Hale, first quarter gold production of approximately 44,000 ounces was 10% lower than the fourth quarter of 2020. The lower quarter-on-quarter -quarter production was due to the lower mill throughputs related to the processing of the saturated saprolite ore. The saturated ore blocks shoots to the primary crusher resulting in lower mill utilisation rates and a 20% reduction in the mill feed quarter-on-quarter. -quarter. The operation team worked quickly to resolve this by utilising the previously planned Sagan bore mill line and replacement shutdown to redesign and rebuild the primary crusher shoots which thus far has effectively mitigated the blockage and we believe is a more robust design. If you compare the current quarter to last year, gold production was over 50% higher, largely due to improved mining productivity. Over the course of 2020, full commissioning of the 19 Komatsu 730E haul trucks increased hauling capacity by 30% and the successful implementation of the management operation, operating system succeeded in delivering Hale's best quarter yet in total mining movements, up 24% year-on-year and 7% quarter-on-quarter. Our current run rate would put us at a total mining movement of approximately 40 million tonnes in 2021, best in 2020, at a reduced mining unit cost. Going forward, we expect to move a lot more material, which, proves up, uh, which provides upside for production and potential unit cost reductions for this year and beyond. During the first quarter, generally higher grades from snake phase two helped to offset the reduced mill utilisation rate. And we expect marginally lower recoveries related to feed grade to course correct through the balance of this year. We continue to expect 150,000 to 170,000 gold ounces of production in 2021 at Hale, which is 60% over which was delivered in the first uh, over 60% of which will be delivered in the first half of the year as we complete the mining in snake phase two and reach the high grade ore portions in Leadbetter phase one. Total capital expenditures for additional tailings and waste storage facilities are in the range of 60 to $70 million, as well as additional capital for the development of the Hale Underground. Portal development for the Hale Underground is expected to begin in the second half of this year and the project remains on track for first production in quarter four, 2022. This timeline is predicated upon the receipt of the supplementary environmental impact statement, currently expected by mid-year 2021. The SEIS will allow continued development of the existing hull footprint, expansion of the TSF, TSF and PAG cells, and 
full development of the Hale Underground. Turning to slide 10, McRae's gold production of approximately 34,500 ounces was impacted by a mature rainfall event in early January that prevented access to primary ore sources in Coronation North Open Pit and Fraser's Underground for approximately two weeks. As a result, mining activity was focused on waste movements as well as pre-stripping activity at the new Deepdale North Open Pit. In addition, the unplanned outage of one of the three existing stag mill motors in early February reduced throughput capacity across the balance of the quarter. The refurbished stag mill motor was back on site earlier this week. With the refurbished motor installed and the completion of the planned rebreak of the autoclave, the plant will be fully operational at the end of this month. Despite the impact of quarter one, full year guidance at McRae's is unchanged. With the mill restored to full capacity, the team at McRae's is confident that the adjustments made to the mine schedule will deliver on full year with an improved second quarter and a stronger second half. As you can see in the picture on the lower corner of the slide, Golden Point Underground development is well underway. First production is on track for quarter four this year. Progressively, Golden Point Underground will replace production from Fraser's Underground. Golden Point Underground, along with additional open pit opportunities at Deepdale, Innes Mills and Gaytan, will be the primary sources for the McRae's Mine Life Extension to 2028. Moving on to slide 11, and why he produced approximately 4,000 ounces in the first quarter prior to shutdown of the processing plant for replacement of the existing SAG mill and general maintenance. The new SAG mill was delivered to site in early April and will be installed before the restart of the plant, currently expected in late quarter two. With the restart, we expect to begin continuously milling of ore from the Martha Underground and deliver 35 to 45,000 ounces of gold production this year. Ramp up of gold production will continue and we target a production rate of 90 to 100,000 ounces per year from the project over the next few years. Development of Martha Underground continues to progress on budget and on schedule. And in our view, this is a producing asset with significant potential upside. During the first quarter, we announced the first resource at Martha Underground of 620,000 ounces of gold, grading 4.3 grams per tonne. And in 2021, we expect to drill an additional 27,000 metres. Moving 10 kilometres to the north of Waihi, we continue to believe that Farakiraponga, our WKP project, represents a promising opportunity within the greater Waihi district. WKP is a major discovery with an indicated resource of 421,000 gold ounces, an inferred resource of 717,000 gold ounces grading between 12 and 13 grams per tonne. And that is all based on 35,000 metres of drilling, on the primary, uh, primarily on one of the three veins thus far. We expect to deliver an updated pre-feasibility study for this project in the second half of this year and continue to define the potential of this high quality asset. Turning to slide 12, we consider the DPO an integral part of our portfolio and its restart is the key focus for us in 2021. We remain in dialogue with the representatives at national and local levels on the renewal status. 
Currently, the FTAA is with the Department of Environment and Natural Resources for endorsement to the Office of the President. The current expected timeline for resumption to full operations could be up to 12 months post-renewal. This is primarily driven by the time required to rehire and reorientate our workforce, which may also be impacted by the COVID-19. The DPO is currently held in a state of operational standby, poised for transition to full production. Once fully ramped up, the DPO would produce approximately 10,000 ounces of gold and 1,000 tonnes of copper per month at first quarter of all in sustaining costs. Now looking to the future. On slide 13, you will see our key initiatives to 2021. Excellence in ESG and a commitment to responsible mining remains fundamental to the way we do business. We have operated a sustainable business for the past 30 years by applying robust ESG practices across the company. And we know this is critical to ensure we deliver to the communities in which we, to deliver value to the communities in which we live and work. Delivering on our commitments is a core value for Oceana Gold. And for us, that means achieving our 2021 production and capital guidance while successfully delivering organic growth. As of the end of the first quarter, we are comfortably on track to achieve both of these measures. Advancing our organic, robust organic growth projects is a key to delivering shareholder value. And as I stated before, our organic growth projects are on track and on budget with two of the three new underground mines coming online this year. And as discussed, the restart of the DPO remains a significant near-term catalyst for the company. The DPO has the potential to be a material source of cash flow. It is why we continue to employ a small crew at the site to keep the operation in standby. We continue to invest in the community and I continue to dedicate a significant portion of my time and effort as CEO to its restart. We look forward to the day we return to normal operations and can contribute to the Philippines' COVID-19 economic recovery. Turning to slide 14, advancing our organic growth is key to delivering long-term shareholder value. And we're doing this in two geopolitically stable jurisdictions, jurisdiction, New Zealand and the United States. As mentioned previously, in the Americas, we are progressing earthworks for the Hale underground and expect to begin the portal development in the second half of this year upon the receipt of the SCIS. The equipment is ordered and the mining contractor has been selected and the project is on track for first production in quarter four of 2022. Martha Underground remain, uh, underpins the Greater Waihee District as we currently see it. The project is on track for continuous milling to begin late in the second quarter and deliver 35 to 45,000 ounces of gold this year. As we develop the Martha Underground project, we continue to invest in the drill bit. The majority of our exploration activities are in New Zealand, where we plan on drilling over 80,000 metres with 10 drill rigs in place this year, four of which are currently active at the Martha Underground and two at WKP. It's early days but we believe the Waihi district represents the largest value creating opportunity we have in our portfolio. Moving to the other island, McRae's mine life extension to 2028 is supported by Golden Point Underground and open pit expansion opportunities, including the deep delve and layback of existing open pits. 
Golden Point portal development is progressing on plan and on track for first production in the fourth quarter of this year. In summary, we're focused on the future and bringing our organic growth online, which we believe is critical to creating shareholder value. Oceana Gold is a resilient and dynamic gold miner with a strong and sustainable future. We are excited about our five-year plan and beyond that delivers increasing margin and real value to shareholders. The acquisition we made at the low point of the gold cycles have created a platform for us, platform for us to create value through our own organic growth projects. Thank you for joining us today, and I'll now turn the call back to Alyssa. Thank you, Michael. Sylvie will now transition to Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And should you wish to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you are using a speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift your handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star one now if you do have any questions. And your first question will be from Hoveis Habib at Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, Michael and team, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, just a quick uh, two questions from me. Uh, the first one um, at Hale. Uh, now, mill throughput, uh, as you had mentioned, was lower due to some challenges with, uh, um, I guess, the flow of the saturated uh, satellite over to the plant. Now, I believe this has been rectified during the quarter, and and also grade was you know hung in pretty well compared to Q4. Uh, coming into Q1, um, can you give us a little bit uh, color on, again, just want to double check that this uh, situation with the flow has been rectified and how do you see uh, kind of grades uh, coming in, um, in in the next couple of quarters? Is it, is it going to be fairly flat or do you see uh, grades kind of tapering off? How, how do you see the grade profile looking like at uh, Hale? Yeah, thanks, Ovas. Yes, the... Um... The, the, we have fixed and have resolved the uh, the problem. The, um, we uh, we were trying to sort of uh, manage through it and uh, and decided to uh, do the redesign of the um, the primary crusher and the apron feeder and the chutes, uh, and we managed to take the opportunity of doing that during the uh, the mill shutdown for the uh, for the reline. So that's uh, that's been resolved now, and uh, and plant throughput is uh, is back up to the. The levels that we were uh, we were forecasting, which is uh, which is great, and we believe that that solution is now a, a long-term solution uh, for the process plant. Yes, the grades uh, were able to sort of um, as we've done that, and, and with the lower um, the lower throughput, we're able to sort of put the better grade material through. Um, we'll see sort of the grades for this uh, this quarter um, will uh, will be relatively flat, but the throughput will be uh, will be increased. 
then there'll be a reduction uh, in the grade profile in the third quarter and then a slight increase in the fourth quarter. So as mentioned before, 60% of our, uh, our oil production will be in the, uh, the first half of the year. Okay, perfect. Thanks for that. Uh, just another quick question on, on then just moving on to DiDipio. Um, in regards to, you know, the approval, um, you know, we started off negotiations with the DNR, then the file kind of moved to uh, the Office of the President. Now, I believe the file is now back to the DNR. Has there been any changes or any sort of additions, subtractions to any sort of, you know, agreements? Is there something that they're you know they're working on or any other additional color you can provide as to what's taking the dnr so long to get you know approval uh, across the line yes look thanks Mason. The, the the frustration for us is the transparency of the timing of the process but uh as as previously mentioned um in in some other other um announcements we uh we did work um with the the fta renewal committee Technical Working Group, which was a combination of the, the Mines and Geosciences Bureau, the Department of Environmental and Natural Resources, and the Department of Finance, uh, and we, renewed, we re, uh, renegotiated the FTAA uh, condition, terms and conditions, and that sort of happened sort of over the Christmas New Year break, um, and now basically it's just been going through um, the verification process and the sign-off process, and so it's basically now just into the uh, the office of the uh, the secretary of the Department of Environmental and Natural Resources, which is the last uh, the last signature that's required before it goes to the office of the president. So um, through the technical working group, um, it sort of went through the the under secretaries that were working with us and the, the directors that were working with us, and then it did uh, it did go up through the, the different um, departments for for secretarial sign-offs. So we've got that from the Department of Finance, and now it's just with the, as I mentioned, with the Department of Environmental and Natural Resources to the Office of the President. There has been, you know, complications within the Philippines with regards to COVID, uh, with offices being government offices being shut. So that that has impacted the timing. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the color of that, on uh, Michael, and and that's it for me. Thanks. Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions at this time, please press star followed by one on your touchdown phone. And your next question will be from John Tomasos at John Tomasos Very Dependent Research. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you for taking my question. Which quarter will CapEx peak this year? And uh, presumably, as CapEx falls in subsequent years, production rises, costs fall. What might be a plausible year where a net debt would fall to nil? Are we four years away, five years away? We all like you to be strong and well capitalized. Yeah, thanks, John. Scott, um, I'll hand that question to you. Apologies, Michael, with the microphone there. Hello, John, I hope you're well. Thank you for your question. Uh, capital will peak uh, this year in the next quarter. We're expecting about 60% of our, our capital in the first half. Uh, third quarter will be similar to the first and the fourth quarter, the lowest capex, 
CAPEX remaining on track with our guidance. You're right, our, our plan is predicated on delivering these projects with a peak capital year this year. Uh, capital coming down next year, uh, Martha Underground, uh, Golden Point going into production, production going up, margins increasing, as you note. Um, you know, I, I would suspect, expect, and it's gold price dependent, of course, John, but uh, expect that we would be targeting to be, um, as, you, as you said, net debt neutral within three years, um, certainly. Uh, and we'll be doing everything to achieve that uh, as soon as we can, delivering on our, on our objectives. Thank you. We're all rooting for you. Thanks, John. Any further questions, sir? Thank you. No, I'm fine. Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions at this time, please press slowly, star followed by one on your touchtone phone. And at this time, it appears that we have no further questions registered. I apologize. We do have a question from Farouk Ahmed at Raymond James. Please go ahead. Oh, hey, guys. I thought I would just jump in here with a question. Um, a couple of things. One is uh, at Hale, in your press release, you put out a comment saying, I guess a bit of a warning, that while the guidance is reiterated, uh, it could be adversely impacted by the uh, the COVID cases that are going on there. Can you just give us some insights into what you're dealing with in terms of uh, workforce availability and what would have to happen for uh, you not to be able to maintain guidance at Hale from a, from a workforce perspective? Yeah, thanks, Farouk. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hand it. I mean, the, the COVID has been managed exceptionally well on site, and we've seen some great reductions uh, of cases. Um, unfortunately, it's just had another uptick uh, in the region. Um, but I'll, I'll hand that over to Jim Whitaker, who should be able to give you a little bit more colour uh, on, on just exactly how he and the team have been managed the situation. Jim? Yeah, thank you, Michael. And hi, Farouk. Thanks for the question. Um, as Michael noted, the, the numbers have come way down uh, after this first quarter in South Carolina, in around Kershaw and Lancaster County as well. They're literally down to the single digits of people that we have off-site, uh, either for presumptive cases or for confirmed cases. Uh, and so the numbers have come way off. That has helped our ability to plan work and obviously uh, through the reduced absenteeism. Um, we've We've kept our same policies in place um, as we had all the way through last year. Uh, we also kept our same policies in place with respect to vacations, uh, which is which is helping the situation a bit because uh, now we're into the vaccine cycle in the United States, as you may know, and uh, people are taking time off um, to go out for a half a day and to make sure they get their vaccine. So we've really been doing a lot of communications and promoting that to make sure that people are are out there and, and looking for getting the, the vaccine. Uh, with respect to impact on operations, it's really more of a cost impact that we saw through last year and some complications with absenteeism, not having people in seats all the time. Um, I think we're through the worst of that, but again, it is kind of a crystal ball. We're hoping that uh, 
we don't have this famous third wave that some people are talking about, but what we see through this month is, is very, very favorable for what we're trying to do with the Hale Business Plan. Okay, that's that's great. Thanks, thanks for that color. And then maybe just to round out that, how are you in terms of your workforce, uh, in terms of filling out your workforce at Hale? Um, have you kind of reached full complement there? Yes, we've been at full complement for a while. The, the challenges at Hale, um, more specifically in the open pit mining uh, operation over the past year, have been rotation. Uh, we're still doing a lot of work on, you know, looking at what we need to do to bring people into the company that want to stay with the company and also working through conduct issues such as health and safety, which we hold at very high priority. So we're, we're at full complement. Um, the next steps, uh, and actually through the month of May, is very critical for the underground group. Uh, we have left the contract for the underground contract miner um, to be able to reduce risk on the schedule. That's looking very good, but it, it, it's an indeed, we're actually going through a hiring cycle right now. It'll be a very, very busy month in May and into June. Uh, great, thanks for that, Jim. And then, um, Michael, maybe just one uh, follow-up question on the DIPIO, kind of a, a, a add-on to, I think, Ovace's original question. Um, it sounded, or I guess when I read the release, uh, and just hearing your presentation, uh, it sounded to me that you're a little more upbeat or maybe even a little more certain about uh, the outcome at Didipio. Uh Am I just reading and, and hearing things that I want to read in here, or is there something you can tell us about how things have gone? I mean, it sounds like the Department of Finance has, has signed off. Um, you know, what can you give us some color into kind of what the discussions have been with the DENR? and what they're telling you in terms of, you know, their um, willingness to sign off, uh, you know, imminently? Yeah, Farouk, I, I, think, um, I think there's been a couple of changes within the, the, the country that, that um, we're seeing uh, and the announcement of the president with regards to sort of mining uh, within the, uh, the mining industry within the, within the Philippines and the uh, the opportunity they've got of, uh, of you know advancing that for a, a COVID-19 recovery, uh, and so there's been um, some announcements from from the president with regards to the open pit bands and uh, the EO79, Executive Order 79, um, and there's there's uh, um, and 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 I think that's a that's an important um, important um, view for for the country. For the country, and that I mean, the Department of Finance, and I think quite a few of the other departments, the DNR, have been working with uh, with the different uh, the different departments to sort of move that forward. I think uh, I think from our point of view, when you look at the technical working group, uh, it was made up of the different departments, um, and they're all sort of quite happy with what we've done with the renewal, and it's just a matter of now just going through the process of sign off. Um, and so, as we've been going through the process of sign off, we've sort of uh, had seen that you know the the Department of um, the Mines and Sciences Bureau um, director has come out with some some positive sort of statements within the Philippines press, uh, as well as the uh, as well as the, the direction of the president with regards to mining uh, industry within the country. So, so look again, um, we don't have a, a clarity on the the time frame for us is uh, is something that that we've never had. Um, 
and that's that's been one of the most frustrating things uh, that we're, we're still dealing with. Um, um, but we believe sort of you know we've done, and the technical working group with us have, have done what we've done, and it's now just sort of you know to the signature point for the Department of Environmental and Natural Resources before it then goes to the office of the president. Okay, okay, thanks for that. Um, thanks, guys. These are these are helpful answers. I appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, as stated, if you do have any questions, please press star one at this time. And currently, we have no further questions registered. Please proceed. Thank you, operator. We do have a handful of questions that have been submitted online. We'll start with the first question for our management team. Uh, question one, will the pre-sold ounces from last year be accounted for in the second quarter 2021 at 1,925 per ounce or thereabouts? Thanks, Alyssa, I'll take that one. Yes, they will. Um, the pre-sold ounces were, the cash was received, the revenue was put on the balance sheet that unwinds through the P&L as revenue at about at $1,920 as we do a lot deliver those ounces across a few months. Okay, thank you, Scott. Uh, second question, at what share price would you look at doing buybacks? Yeah, look, thanks for this. I think, um, I think at the moment, we're sort of focused on our organic growth, and so the free cash that we've got and the balance sheet and the way we set it up the business through last year and beginning of this year uh, is all going back into the organic growth, which we see as the long-term value for, uh, for shareholders. I think uh, the question, um, you know, when uh, the DPO comes back online uh, and we do get that free cash flow generation, it's just uh, it's, it's how we then sort of utilise the, uh, the cash flow from that uh, and what's the best way of doing that? And we will uh, we'll review that once uh, once the DBO comes back online. Thank you, Michael. The third question, turning to DDPO. Assuming you get the FTAA renewed, you won't have any production for up to 12 months. Is that correct? Yeah, thanks, Lisa. No, that is not correct. Um, so DDPO, uh, we've still got... Uh, concentrate uh, currently on the ground. So we'll be trucking the concentrate out. Uh, total value of that's around 50 to $55 million worth of concentrate on the ground. Uh, and we'll get sort of payment for that within up to six six weeks, about 90% payment of that in, uh, in the first six weeks. And then the, the remainder will come as we, uh, as we finalize the assay. Uh, it'll take uh, a period of sort of two to three months to get the processing plant um, and, and the people um, yeah, re-employed and, uh, and trained back up to get the processing plant back up and running. Uh, and we will then be utilising the, um, the stockpile, the 90 million tonnes of, uh, of all stockpile we have to start feeding that process plant. Uh, and that will then assist with the, uh, the delivery of tailings for the pastel plant. Um, but we'll be supplementing um, that as we sort of ramp up. What we're saying when we're up to 12, production up to 12 months, that's production at the full rate. Um, and so we were actually ramping up production to 1.6 million tonnes. So it'll take us about 12 months to get back up to that full 
um, production rate of 1.6 million tonnes from underground. Uh, and of course, that, uh, that, that gets supplemented through the process plant where we mill about 3.8 million tonnes. So there's another 2.1, 2.2 million tonnes that comes from the stockpiles that get put in there. So, so initially, it'll be processing the lower grade stockpiles and then we'll, we'll continue to feed the underground ore as we ramp up the underground to the 1.6 million tonnes, which will take up to 12 months. Great, thank you, Michael. Our final question of the day is, what is your working capital cost with Didipio's startup? Um, that, that's, um, it, it's uh, basically the, the DPO was, was cleared out from underground and, uh, and so the startup costs aren't that great. Uh, the working capital should be around that three to five million dollars um, for the startup. It's more about the employment of the people and, and the training of the people. Um, we'll have the uh, we'll have the, the concentrate, as I said, that'll be sold within the six weeks. We'll move that off site and sell that. So that should be, you know, positive uh, cash of around about fifty to fifty-five million dollars. And then as we ramp up the uh, the um, the process plan and then get the the operation into uh, full production. Okay, thank you, Michael. And I was mistaken. We have um, one more question. And that is, can certain capital expenditures be delayed or deferred if liquidity declines? And if so, at what gold price will you consider deferments? I'll take that one if you like, Michael. Um, Thank you. Think about that. Yeah, the, the organic growth projects, uh, can be deferred, uh, but our priority is to deliver on the optimal timelines, and that's the way we set up our, our balance sheet with that intent. Um, uh, 2021 is our peak capital investment period, and when we set our plans in, in 2020, was was at a record high gold environment with a with a very bullish outlook on mine. But that said, our plans uh, for this year uh, were set at gold prices, and we started the year with 205 million or so in liquidity. Uh, and, and we set up our balance sheet expecting it this year, uh, expecting softer gold prices. Um, and you know, at current prices, that that drawdown could be circa 20, 125 million, but we're still in a good position. And gold prices, $100 either way, uh, is about 30 million, and uh, we have levers in our control. But what before we would look at changing the timing of those projects in terms of uh, additional, you know, short-term cash flow through prepayments or additional debt options, et cetera. So we've got options on the table. Um, and we're well positioned to manage should the gold price drop, but yeah, that's average 1,793 for the first five months. And um, we continue to monitor that closely. Uh, priority is to deliver those growth projects on the optimal time. Thank you, Scott. That is our final question of the day and concludes our webcast and conference call. Um, a replay will be available on our website later today. And on behalf of Michael Scott and the rest of the team, thank you for joining us. Bye for now. Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your webcast and conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.